What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month series. This is Terry. I'm Eric. And on today's episode, we'd like to welcome Desiree Ruiz. Hey. Hi. Hey, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we had a chance to make this happen, Desiree. Can't wait to hear about your experiences. Thank Um, you. How have you been? How have you been kind of keeping yourself balanced the last few months? With COVID and just life? Um, (laughs) Wow. How, um, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't really get stressed at the beginning of COVID. I actually really appreciated the downtime at the beginning, mm-hmm. truthfully, um, yeah. because life is just so fast paced. And I at first really enjoyed being home with my daughter and just, you know, catching up. Like, I, I honestly thought it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that wasn't the case for many people. I, I acknowledge that. But for me, I, I really thought that the downtime um, was necessary for me. And I also think it's necessary for the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just been just trying to be in the present moment, you know, oh, love and that. Uh, just be just be and enjoy <laughs> and, and be grateful, essentially. Yo, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Before we start uh, with your story, I like opening up with a silly question. Every episode. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> the, the few podcasts that I listen to. I was like, I love that they're always laughing. <laughs> it makes me feel. It makes me feel less uh, anxious or nervous about being on here because. Oh, don't be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so today's question is: On long drives, you prefer having the music or radio on or off? On, on. On, but I, I switch it like I'm a bit of uh, a fanatic. Like I'm always switching <laughs> the stations. Always, always. How about but you? On, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm definitely on all the time. I was telling Terry before that even besides the radio, I'll usually make, well, now it's different, but I, I remember like bringing like CDs and like, it's yeah. just like. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm Do you remember the cassette? I remember the cassettes yes, and it was like. I would have like one cassette and you would record some like a song from the radio and yes, then you would just yeah. rewind the song yep. yeah, in yeah. the car. Guilty. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so awesome. So awesome. But yeah, I'm, definitely music. I'm yeah. a bit strange. I like when I'm driving, I like having the radio off and just experiencing what's in front of me. But when I'm a passenger, I love blasting music. So it's really odd for me. It's <laughs> interesting. You know, I only had one. It's funny you say that. There was just one. It's, it's very rare. It depends on what what I do before I get into the car. I actually went to the protest, um, the last protest here in Montreal, okay. and there was so much energy and emotions. And I then it's going, getting into the car, I actually didn't put music on yeah. because it just felt like it yeah. didn't make any sense to listen to anything. And there's already a lot of energy. Right? There was so much energy, so many emotions, so many thoughts. And it was actually probably not the only time, but the last time I can remember not wanting to have music in the car. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. That makes nice. total sense. Yeah. So, uh, Desiree, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to Montreal or in in Montreal? Which area did you grow up in, and maybe a little bit of your experiences growing up? Yeah. Oh God, how much time do we? <laughs> it's like, uh, so <laughs> I'm born and raised, uh, born and raised Montrealer. Okay. Uh, my parents originally, you know, lived in Cotonou for the first two or three years of my life, and then my parents moved to Brossard and actually I eventually, I'm actually in the house right now that I grew up in. Um, when my cool. father passed, my mother uh, wanted to go back to Cote d'Inej, and so I got the house from her and I'm back in the house that I grew up in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so born and raised in Brossard, you know, typical 
Filipino upbringing, the church, the piano lessons, the private school. I mean, you know, from Brossard, I don't know if uh, any of your listeners are FCCSS, Filipino oh, yes. oh, yeah. uh, Canadian community yeah, yeah. of the South Shore. <laughs> so I was very blessed to grow up in a Filipino community, mm-hmm. an amazing Filipino community, you know, um, the basketball on Fridays and then somebody's house on Saturdays for either, you know, my dad was very active and we would do the choir. Like I just remember my childhood was very community and it was very much um, with other Filipinos. Even on my street, there are Filipino families. Um, and in high school as well. I went to high school downtown. I went to Villa Maria. Oh. Again, typical private private school. You know, I always <laughs> like to say like good good Catholic Filipino girl. Uh, then I went to school downtown. But again, there was a few Filipinas also. So I never felt different. You know, okay. or I didn't. I always felt like I was surrounded by Filipinos. Uh, but it wasn't until high school that I started to see a little bit less Filipinos. And then oh. obviously I'm in high school and I started to get more curious about my life and other people and other things. And then I started to notice, you know, then you start to notice, uh, how can I say this? Like, you know, the girls I went to high school had Filipino nannies or they had Filipino yeah. housekeepers. And so uh, then I started to notice different things. And then now, you know, so far removed from my high school experience, I realized that something subconsciously clicked if that makes any sense you know and and then and then again if you look back at my journey it's just you know learning more about myself and I I was always a very curious person very curious very social very outgoing and I guess somewhat extroverted Um, and eventually in high school just like most people you rebel against what box you were told to fit into right (laughs) so drove my mother crazy in high school because i no longer wanted to go to church and and at that point they started if if anything like it was it felt it felt like the story told myself then was that it was less social and more religion and so Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to like connect to that in my teenage years so then i started to do other things and the Filip- and the, the Filipinos I went to high school with were Filipinos of the West Island, like the Fkawi. Yeah. A lot of my best friends were from the West Island. So I was like, oh, this is fun. And I started meeting and doing different things with you know the Filipinos of Cotinez or the West Island and and then also making other friends and, and essentially finding myself, you know, along the way. But again, looking back, I realized I started becoming a little bit far removed from I I, I was learning right and discovering yeah. who i was um as a as a person mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah did you have a question <laughs> i'm like it seems like you're always around uh filipinos growing up were you always comfortable as well in your skin being filipino uh good question in when i was younger yes like okay. i said i feel like as i got older i started to question it and I didn't realize it then but then you start to question like why does everyone have a Filipino nanny like what does that mean um what does that is does that mean that I'm gonna be a nanny or is that gonna did that mean that I'm gonna be a housekeeper or does she think less of me and again this is these are things that I realize now but when you're in when you're in high school you you don't know right and I mean and traditionally we were all raised with amazing values and families, but mm. what I've learned, at least in my household, we weren't necessarily encouraged, and I say this with the utmost respect, we weren't encouraged to 
express our feelings or talk about our feelings, you know, because (laughs) what I remember is kind of like, be good, stay off the radar, be polite, be, you know, um, be like, be a, go to church, finish school, get a good job, get married, give back to community, send money home to the Philippines. So it's all amazing values. Mm. But if you think about it, you're like, if I do all of this, then, then I'll be okay essentially right so I was like all right I'll do all this didn't really want to and that's where the rebellion came in and again there was always this I was always I fit I I like to say like I went on the yellow brick road that my parents wanted me to go on but I would like I was so there was something inside of me that just wanted to like do my own thing um but I always felt like oh I'm this bad girl or I'm disobedient to my parents and Mm. this I guess it's shame right again but it in my 17-year-old or 16-year-old mm-hmm. body, you don't know what the hell's going on in your uh-huh. head. And nobody's, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's really talking about it, right? Yeah. Because, you know, and I learned later on, I mean, in my mid-30s, like, to, to start a sentence with, I feel. Yes. Um, because yes. I was never really, I, I was never taught. And, and again, that's okay. And it doesn't mean that my parents were bad parents it was just they they weren't taught to to start mm-hmm. with i feel it's like no you can't feel you have to be good mm-hmm. or or don't feel because or if you feel then then we did a bad job you know or it's it's like the sh- shame if you're yeah. complaining if that makes yeah. sense so i 100 get that and it's i love that you mentioned that topic because like i think on a few episodes before i mentioned hey uh do you guys were you guys able to share with your parents like how you felt and a lot of them they said no. And it's, I feel like it's something maybe Eric, we can explore in the future panel. Maybe we'll have you again, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting and in how to, how we can improve uh, communication. Exactly. Well, exactly. Funny, <laughs> right? I, have this, I have this funny story and I love my mom to, I mean, my, father passed, <laughs> my father passed 10 years ago and I love both of them. My parents are amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, <laughs> it's just so interesting. And again, I'm born and raised here. And unfortunately I don't speak Tagalog or Visaya. Both of my parents mm-hmm. are Visaya. And I understand cryptic, you know, a few words here and there, but I don't speak the language. So mm-hmm. here you have my parents my f- trying to raise me without giving me a, a platform to share my feelings. So can you imagine the broken telephone? And my friends and I, my Filipino best friends, we always laugh. We're like, what did your mom say now? You know, and the funny story, like it was spot on with my six-year-old daughter. <laughs> she, my mom, she doesn't have FaceTime, she doesn't have Wi-Fi. And my daughter uh, called her and she was like, Lala, Lala, happy Valentine's Day. And <laughs> she calls her Lala, not Lola. And she said, oh, I love you too, Nev. And, and she was like, happy Valentine's Day, Lala. I love you too. And, and then my daughter looked at me and then I looked at my daughter and then I messaged my friend and I, a friend and I told him the story and we were laughing. And I was like, that was essentially, that's essentially the root of all of my, my issues growing up because I say one thing and she says the complete opposite but it's all with love right but yeah. growing up you're like there's like I, there's like I, there's a lot of broken fuses so <laughs> what do you do with that you 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 kill them with kindness right at this point I'm yeah, like totally, I've learned totally. I've grown I'm, I'm my own self now but I realize that yeah no it's 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 interesting and i never really questioned why right now with everything that's happening with like mm-hmm. you know the world being yeah. flipped upside down i find myself asking why like why didn't why weren't we given the platform why did what why weren't our parents told 
or asked how they were, you know, and then I started digging. I mean, you could get into this now or later, but like I started digging into like, why are Filipinos so nice? Why are mm -hmm. Filipinos always smiling? Why are Filipinos, why are Filipinos or Asians in general always told to stay off the radar? You know, the mellow yellow or, or mm -hmm. oh, yeah, this yeah, term yeah. recently. And I was like, that's horrible, you know, <laughs> to a certain degree. Like, why, why don't we say anything? And then again, because yeah. I kept on asking myself why, I was, you know, then you start getting into pre-colonization, Philippines pre-colonization. And it's like, and then I just, there's like this earthquake in my brain realizing like, um, or coming to the discovery of where we came from. And like, again, going back to my childhood, the confusion that I felt, I guess as a Filipina, now that I realize now is that I don't speak the language, I'm Filipina. But people are like, oh, and then I, I did Filipino festivals and dances. But yeah. in one one concert, you're doing Hawaiian, Spanish dancing, native <laughs> dancing. Uh, there's like a, a buffet of dances. So you're like, okay, I'm Filipina, but I'm all of this. Yeah. I don't connect to any of them. I've been to Spain. I don't feel Spanish. I've never been to Hawaii. But people say I look Hawaiian, but I don't connect to Hawaii. Um, I don't speak Filipino, so I don't connect to Filipino. So who, who the hell am I? Like, or, you know, so... And I, I, I feel, at least I'm going to talk personally okay. about myself, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey, right? To get to the root. And I don't even think our parents, and I realize now, at least my parents were, like I asked my mom questions about pre-colonization Philippines. She has no idea. Yeah. Because yeah. Again, she yeah. was just told up into a certain point. Um, I mean, this is a completely different conversation, but I mean, going back to the question of what my journey is, um, mm -hmm about being Filipino it's it's I'm I'm turned 41 this year and I'm only realizing now where I come from <laughs> yeah you know hey um, no shame in that I it took me I think what I was 36 when I decided well maybe I should kind of figure things out and I'm happy you mentioned pre-colonization because mm. I never thought about it up until this year when a few guests have mentioned it I'm like wow why did I never decide to look oh. even beyond the colonization period oh my god I'm gonna send you that like I said I was um Again, in this digging that I've been doing in the last few weeks, I came across this group called Pinayista. Mm -hmm. And I think they're from the West Coast, maybe LA, or I think it's LA. And there was a full day um, webinar symposium. And it was basically like, I broke, they broke it down to three sections. It was the history of Filipino culture, if anything. And essentially, it was all about black, how we can be better allies for for everything that's going on in terms of Black Lives Matter. And um, it was the first first section was history of the Filipinos. And it was deep and like wow. explaining our roots and our ties to, you know, like our native roots and it was mind blowing. Like I'm so happy to share that with you. And then the second one was like, what can we do now in the present moment? And then the third one, I didn't have access to, but um, <laughs> the third, that one wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't public, but um, I think it was, I think they, obviously they went deeper, but just what they shared, it was like five hours of so much information on our history. And again, yeah. why are we, why, why, going back to my question of the year is why do we only know about this now? You know, yeah. why? Like, yeah. and for me, it's again, been so eye opening and making me realize or making me really feel grounded in who I am and understanding now why we did the Hawaiian dance and the native dance and the Spanish dance. I knew why we did the Spanish dance, uh, but 
it makes me feel a little a little bit more connected to all of those other dances that were in that one Pista Sanaya, you know? I love it. I love hearing that. It's like you found the reason why this is happening. Right? So Right. Yeah. <laughs> right now though, what do you think is your favorite part about Filipino culture? Or being Filipino as a whole? What's your favorite part about it? Oh, it's the um, it's the community, the community vibe and how people just show up for everybody. And the, the, an example for me in my life that really like, you know, it really was just evident to me that like, wow, I'm so proud to be Filipino was when my father passed away. And my father passed away. My parents came here in 75. No, no direct family. I have, my mom has two nieces, but no direct family aside from that. So the oh, F wow. FCCSS was like, this is essentially our family, you know, because we were with them all the time. Um, and, but no blood relationships, you know, but my parents essentially created their family and, you know, my Ninangs are here and, you know, what they had created in the, in the time that they had spent mm -hmm. here really showed when my father passed away. And there was like, I don't even, like my friends came and they were like, what the hell did your father do? And my dad was, you know, he was a doctor in the Philippines, but he's so happy-go-lucky that he came here, didn't pass the test. And he was like, oh, I got a job in the hospital. So I'm good, you know? And, and he was like the happiest man in the world. And he unfortunately passed, but he passed, he was happy. And there were, I don't even, I didn't do a head count or anything, but I think the, the viewing was at St. Kevin's because that's when my parents got yeah. married and where we were baptized and everything. And the, the church was like, insanely full and the like we had two or three days for two days for viewing morning and night full like line not lineups but like full 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 and like my friend's ex-husbands had come and they were like your father made me feel special oh. and you know and the entire community just like I felt the love of the community and for me that was it was such a pivotal moment in my life. And it, it just made me so proud because I was like, wow, we are, they were lifted up by the Filipino community. Like everyone just showed up, not just from the South Shore, like from all areas of, wow. of Montreal, of the city, you know, people showed up. So that was definitely a proud moment for me. Thank and you. still is. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, Eric, uh, before I move on to talking about uh, Desiree's platform, Le Lila Le Monarch, do you want to add something? I have a lot. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it short. But I just want to say, first of all, thank you. I love everything that you shared. Like, I think a lot of it sounds so familiar. You're talking before about like, you know, uh, you know, I kind of feel a, a little bit off air. Like, you know, I don't know if I feel Filipino. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't necessarily talk the language and whatnot. Obviously, we all have I guess let's just say us here in Montreal who were born here or came here younger, we share these very similar experiences of like confusion, you know, like right? what is it to be like Filipino, but we're still also assimilating to Canada and the Western world, mm. but still, you know, being very entrenched in Filipino. Like, I mean, that example that you gave of your mom and your daughter talking, <laughs> <last> <laughs> What well, we were classic. saying before we recorded, it was like, it's like a, your relationship with your Filipino mother. It's like, it's like yeah. a Grey's Anatomy series, exactly. you know, like it's like 13 seasons. Yes. All of us, you would have so much content if you would so be like, tell course. us one story about your, with your mother. But yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's so classic. Like I think, and, and I really like that you, cause I remember 
years ago, I actually did some digging about, you know, pre-colonization. Um, you know, we, we come from empires, we come from like royalty and, and things like that. And, and yeah, myself also, I was like, how come we all don't know about this stuff? You know, right. this is such a rich history that we have. And, and, you know, and it maybe led us to how, as a group of people, like, yes, we have good values. We're very laid back. We're friendly. You know, we, we try to stay under the radar. You made me think of, do you guys remember, I don't remember which Olympics it was, but there was a Filipino athlete. So one athlete lost his, um, I think they were runners, right? They're sort of a running team. One athlete lost his meet. Um, okay. And then the Filipino athlete, his teammate, gave up his spot so that athlete could run again. Really? No way. I gave up his spot. And I was watching, I was actually in a Filipino household at the time when we were watching this. I was with my, uh, my well, my ex-girlfriend, we were still, we were still friends. We were together and her mom. And, you know, like all of us, like her mom and, 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 and my friend were like, oh, that's really nice. And, and I made a, like a snide remark. I was like, that's so Filipino of you. And, you know, <laughs> but I mean, and they're like, well, what, what do you mean? I'm like, why did he have, like, I'm like, yeah, it's really nice. And it's really about the team. But why did he have to do that? Why, why couldn't he run for himself? Like, right. It's so, but why? Again, it's, it's wondering, like, there's something inside of us that we're always, we have to give. Yeah. And what I've realized is that, I mean, this, this is going to go deep and like, I will, I'm go in the ahead. process we of love like, it. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. I'm in the process of like this awakening, like I said, okay. and it's like, you know, again, typically in general, Filipinos are known to give and give and be mm -hmm. nice. And we're this, we're these, like, we just throw away these jewels and we're like, come into yeah. my house and you need, you know, you, we are the people, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of my friends are like, oh, Filipino nannies and my sister were like refused and she, she was like, I would never hire a Filipino. Like my mom wanted to sponsor her nerd, her, her niece. And mm -hmm. my sister's like, no, there's no way. And she was like, so adamant. She's like, no, that is, I don't believe, like, I don't no, I don't, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't agree. Uh, she, like her whole idea of, you know, like having help, a Filipino help at home. Yeah. She was mm -hmm. like, no, I don't, I can do it myself. Thanks mom. No, thanks. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm completely, I completely lost. I got all passionate. Um, <laughs> it's all good. About my point. But um, yeah, we're the first to offer our help. Like Always. my mom is 79 years old. A friend is sick. She will like live in that person's house. You know, they're all nurses. We're nurses. Yeah. We're nannies. We're teachers. We're nurturers, right? Yeah. And also my sister was basically offended by that because she was like, oh, it, people will take advantage of us essentially. Mm -hmm. And I would always say, yeah, but okay, put that aside for one second. Why do they trust us to do these things? Yeah, we're really good, but like, but we're really good, you know? Like, <laughs> so as much, like I've traveled to countries where it's borderline slavery, you know? And it broke mm -hmm. my heart to see, to see the, the reality of Filipino workers, right? But what would always, I would always like inside, I'd be like, yeah, but we're really good at it. And that's, I took great pride in the fact that we were nurturers and we were good people. Um, but now I've slowly started to dissect that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why? And I realized that, okay, so there's the good, but yeah. then this digging introduced me to like who we were pre-colonization. And we were freaking warrior women, uh, mm -hmm. leaders of society and communities, babaylan, like yeah. powerful women that were oppressed and then oppressed and then oppressed again and then oppressed and then oppressed and then oppressed and then it was like and then do this believe this listen to this and then over time like again confusion 
Mm-hmm. Who are we? So let's just be good and not say anything and laugh it off. Like I'm sure all your mom, like my mom, she'll either like it's uncomfortable silence and a, a <laughs> daggers coming out of her eyes, <laughs> exactly. but no words or they laugh or we laugh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we don't know. We essentially don't know what to do with, with, the rage if anything inside of us we'd rather just mask it with kindness um and i don't think that's a bad um coping mechanism but again i'm just slowly starting to learn why Uh, and it's it's not it's 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 very eye-opening it's not all not as proud of it um but eye-opening yeah for me it's uh our selfless nature i realize from my experiences it needs to be kind of balanced because i was too positive and too selfless that i forgot to take care of myself and that caused me to kind of lose my identity into into uh, my early 20s mid-20s and finally i i got a good sense of myself as i entered my 30s and it's like i kept on giving 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 and i realized i think i've mentioned before on a different episode i had no boundaries because like no matter when where i'd be there for you but I never mm-hmm. took time to look in like, hey, especially like you have a post where you said you looked inward. I, when I took that time to look within, then everything made sense. I was yeah. able to help, you know. Especially, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, you, you, you chopped, you froze a little bit for a second. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I got it. I got it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So you have a pretty cool platform called uh, Lelila, Le Monarque, MTL. Yeah. Can you tell some of our listeners what it is, if you don't mind? Oh, wow. So three years ago, um, I was like, I literally pressed reset on my life. And um, I had been working. I had worked in the service industry, you know. So in school, my first job was McDonald's. And it was retail for a very long time. Then I worked in restaurants at restaurants and bars from, from the age of 18 uh, as a waitress and a hostess, you know. Th- putting myself through school, sure. a hostess, a, wait, a waitress. And then, um, and then I worked at a hotel for, for seven years because I always loved people, right? Like I, it always drove me to be around people, to meet new people. Uh, so they worked in the hotel industry for a long time. And then eventually I went uh, in university to finish because I was, you know, working during the day and then going to school at night. Um, I went back to working behind the bars and then I eventually managed the bars and then operated. So I was managing and operating nightclubs for about 10 years. Uh, and then, and then I got a, I got a divorce and, um, you know, and the good Catholic girl (laughs) that followed the yellow brick road and checked off all of the boxes that I was expected to check off and did the right thing and gave and gave and, you know, thought I was doing everything right for everybody else. Mm-hmm. got that big bomb in front of her face and it was like no let's flip your entire life upside down um so I literally like found myself with you know I, I always like love to tell this story like I went from like having like dozens of emails per day or like ha- you know I'd open my inboxes like all these emails <laughs> to new email and like zero inbox like zero <laughs> messages like who am I and I was you know I was a mother and my daughter was was 18 months and you know mother press reset like walked away from my entire life you know newly single mom divorce filipino divorce like yeah. i explain how do you bring that home to your, like yeah. doesn't make any sense like they don't get it you know and like so the shame of of disappointing your parents the shame of not not doing or not not being enough essentially 
or feeling like you weren't enough. And yeah. then the fear of being a mom and not, I'm fearing my daughter's life because my parents were together until my father passed. So like mm-hmm. divorce is not like, it wasn't part of my cards. You know, I don't think it's part of anybody's cards, but again, I'm talking about me. So like that, again, that good Christian girl, like mm. the thought of divorce back then was like, there's no way, like I, I'm a horrible person. I'm like, a, you know, there's so much shame and so much shame yeah. and truthfully, I don't want to get into this, but like, I had nothing to be ashamed of. essentially I have nothing to be ashamed of but I still felt immense shame um and then again why like Mm -hmm. why did I feel that shame and then there was you know so then it was this long journey of like unpacking my feelings and thank god I have like my support system and my core like uh, girls from high school you know Mm -hmm. and thank god my best friend is a therapist and she was like you know Des you never really explained your feelings and I I don't know. I actually went to therapy for the first time throughout that process. And my therapist was like, you have a hard time explaining your feelings. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm in my mid thirties. What do you mean? I'm telling you exactly how I feel. <laughs> and my best friend was like, no, Des, you have an opinion. You get mad, but you don't actually tell me how, I, how you feel. And she was like, wow, that's so interesting. And even her, she was like, wow, this entire time, I just thought you were private. I didn't realize you didn't know how to. And so she slowly coached me on you know like she she printed out a a sheet of paper with like different emojis legit like different emojis like you feel this I feel this and it was a I had to practice using my words to express my feelings because back then it would come out it would come out in not so good ways you know it would be anger it would be you know I would cry like I would cry and not say anything I would just cry or I would get pissed you know, yeah, so yeah. it was either like this or this, but it was never just saying, I'm sad, I'm upset, or I feel this. Um, so again, it was a year of, you know, it was, I like to say it was the reset. And then from the reset, it was, what can I do? What's gonna, what can I do to make me feel better? And people, because I had always worked with people, um, always made me feel better. And being around people always made me feel better. And because I had worked in hospitality and service, and I had, I had acquired this amazing network of people, I said, mm-hmm. let's just get some people together and share stories. And nice. my partner, Joelle, um, was also going through a transitional moment in her life. And we said, yeah, let's just, get some, let's just get some friends together and invite women who had stories that resonated for us. Um, and we'll ask them if they're willing to share. And you know, we had one friend who was a cancer, cancer survivor, another friend, um, was an entrepreneur and she, she went through a depression and she you know, restarted her life at 40 after having kids. So there were really different stories, but they were vulnerable. And so mm-hmm. we literally just, we just like, it was like an informal invitation. My friend is the owner of Lord William Pub, this amazing pub in Griffintown. And, and I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, you have a private space, can, I wanna do this thing. And he's like, sure, do whatever you want. You know, Again, I'm so blessed to have so much amazing so many amazing friends and so much amazing support. And so he gave us his room in the basement and uh, it was this perfect, it's like a man cave. And that day we had six speakers and 50 women showed up and we, it was raw. And again, I shared my story about my divorce. And again, I always like to say we weren't there to like bash the people or, you know, it wasn't like we weren't, it wasn't negative. It was my, it was just our story. It was, you know, I went, again, exactly what I shared here, 
and then talking about how I felt. And if anything, it was practicing or saying out loud how I felt. And because of the vulnerability, people connected to that. And so we did our first one and everyone was like, okay, you need to do it again. And the, the feedback, like everyone connected to the rawness and the vulnerability of the speakers. And then we were encouraged to do a second one for the people that couldn't attend the first. And I mean, we did, those are called convos and we did, we've done 22 of them or 23. Wow. Had 85 women share. Wow. Um, but then from that, you know, we started doing workshops and corporate and then men's just recently we did two events for men. And again, all based on vulnerability and all based on the f creating a platform that was for the everyday woman, the real woman, real stories. And we didn't invite women because they had followers. Some women didn't even have social media. You know, we mm -hmm. weren't inviting you because you had a platform or because you had a following or because you were president of a company. We were inviting that, woman, that wife that maybe lost a child and she needed to just, you know, share her experience um, or say it out loud. Um, mm -hmm. And then, or we invited the woman who, you know, lost her husband and was at the end of her grieving. And, or we, you know, the woman who survived uh, an abusive relationship and we, what we've seen, it, like we've seen so, uh, we have to write a book or sign, eventually start <laughs> gathering all of this information. But the stories, like the stories of what's happened to these women after are magical. You know, like one woman walked, she attended, she walked for two hours because again, hearing stories, even if you've never related to what that woman had gone through, you, you connect to the feeling, mm -hmm. you know, wow. you connect to, I was sad or I locked myself in the room, in my room because I was so sad and I was hiding from my kid and I didn't want her to see my emotion. You know, anybody will relate to that if you have kids, yeah. you know? So I really, I really love what you shared. Uh, I can relate to you on so many levels too. And again, I, I want to say, you know, there's so much strength in sharing and owning your vulnerability. And I don't think it's taught enough, but mm. you know, once you're able to express what you've been through, you're able to also pick apart what happened, become more aware and build from that. Mm. Um, well, we, we started also, so we, we, again, this was just started, this started because we wanted to feel better within ourselves and we wanted to share and we wanted to connect mm -hmm. with other women as mothers. We wanted, we're both mothers and we wanted to get out of the house also. And I was newly single, truthfully, I was newly single and I was, you know, I had limited time off and mm -hmm. I was so over the surface conversations and the dinners yeah. and the drinks. And I was like, I want more. I want something deeper. And I don't necessarily want, there's amazing workshops, there's amazing things, but I just wanted like to go out and not necessarily talk to anybody, you know, like a lot of women come and we say like, you, you can meet people or you can come and sit at the bar get a glass of water and just listen and sneak out, you know, get yeah. whatever, come here for whatever you need. And because that was what we needed, you know, we just needed a space to fill our cup, to go back into the world. Um, and so we had the convos and then eventually we were invited to create workshops for teenagers because again, oh, wow. um, it was, and, and, and it's as simple as just, how did you, how do you feel? How did you feel last night? And it's practicing saying things out loud. Uh, in a regular setting, which 
we can attest to that we weren't necessarily <laughs> given that opportunity so when it is a difficult time to have a conversation you'll be hopefully somewhat prepared to share how you feel I love your platform. If there's any way uh, we can help, please let us know. Mm. I really well, you I need really to speak, support it. You need to speak at the men's call. So we waited for a really long time to open the platform up, up for men because we were like, okay, we're, we're two women. How, who are we to create a platform for men? But there, but I had I, I knew it from the beginning. I was like, we have to do it. We have to do a mixed one. And my partner was like, oh, men are very different. And she's a mother of boys. So I'm like, <laughs> I trust you. You know boys better. But I'm like, but there's something here that men need. We don't and share our feelings. No, we, you don't, but you know what? It's just as powerful. We've had two yeah. for men and they were like, wow, the stories. There was actually um, a, Filipino, a Filipino friend of mine, Ryan Ortizo, who shared it the last one. And it's such a powerful story, you know? And I would love for both of you to share, if you're willing. Uh, that'd be cool. At Honestly, our next so. one. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Let us know. Yeah, yeah wow. for sure. Anytime. Um, do you have a favorite moment or favorite part of just being involved uh, with the uh, Lelila Lemonarch? Oh God, so many, so <laughs> many. And I guess, I guess, I mean, there's so many, but on the spot, I'm not good on the spot, but just the look on people's men and women, the look on their eyes when they feel seen and heard. Uh, and they feel like there's something, we like to say that we snow globe them because they come <laughs> in and they're like, Ooh, what is this? What, 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 um, What's going on here? And just a side note, the space is also, because of our network, because of the people that both of us combined have met and our, and, our, and our friendships, it's a real mishmash of women and men. You know, like you have a 65-year-old, prominent, old, Montreal, affluent family women with sitting next to an 18-year-old Francophone student connecting sitting at the same table connecting or crying um listening to a story told by a 21 year old woman you know mm -hmm. so and it's like frank like all ethnicities all ages and what we've been told based on the feedback is that it's so diverse it's really really diverse and it's really a place where we say we're like Nobody cares how many followers you have. Nobody cares about your business yes. card. Don't even put, bring out your business card here. Uh, lead with your heart. Lead with who you are. Lead with, you know, um, again, it's, it's, we're trying, we, what we've created, and we're not trying, we've created this platform where it's, it's, it's to lead with your heart. And so many women have appreciated that because it is unique in that sense where we've brought together different women and put them in the same room so you can they're actually able to listen to each other mm -hmm. you know i fully i fully support that uh eric before i switch gears i feel like you want to ask something i saw you writing something oh, down yeah no, this is, well, <laughs> <laughs> trying to, I'm, I'm finding i know I'm you, finding, you're both writing things down i'm like yeah, am, no, I, I'm like am i in trouble am i in trouble are you grading me right this now is so, <laughs> it's good. I'm, finding, so good. I'm finding quotes i'm finding no i just want to say like i think it's really cool what you're doing this platform you mentioned earlier when we were talking about pre-colonization again, you know, come from, because we've always known, at least I think it's common knowledge that Filipino culture is matriarchal, you know, at its heart, like even after colonization, you know, oftentimes 
it's the woman. Mother, it's the mo mother always wore the pants in the family. Right? <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing. Like the mother was usually the head of the household, in my experience, at least for for Filipinos, you know. Um, and then you mentioned before that it's warrior women, you know, babaylan and everything. And just from what I you're doing, I just learned babaylan like two weeks ago. I just learned it. Like, well, and that was some crazy stuff. Like it's it's just like it's almost like it's meant to be. I, I know the platform you're doing is for anybody. Like it's not just Filipinos, but I mean. You know, you being as one of the, the the heads of it, it's it's like your like like a reemergence of you know the the the, the Filipina warrior mm. type of thing. Well, yeah. so that's, side that's note, I mean, I, I feel like I could talk to you both for so long, but side Same. note, I've always had <laughs> I've always had dream, I've always felt connected to you know I would watch any indigenous like any indigenous yeah. movie, and I'm like, oh, like the spirits and the fact that they bless, mm -hmm. you know, be, when they hunt, they bless the animal before, and like the whole mm -hmm. spirituality of things, like I really connected to. But again, I'm not. I, I wasn't that, you know, or, um, and then I had traveled to Bali and Thailand and, you know, really they, you know, dove into their culture and their rituals. I had attended yoga retreats with my Filipino friend Don and, um, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And it's so cool that they do these rituals and people, mm -hmm. were, you know, I came back and they're like, are you going to go to the Philippines? I'm like, no, nah, not really. Cause I'm just going to have to visit family. And because I, again, never felt like the Philippines, I, I, I feel guilty saying this, but this yeah. is the honest truth. Yeah. I was like, no, because me going to the Philippines means I'm going to be stuck visiting family my entire time um, or visiting beautiful beaches, which is wonderful. But like, yeah. I want that rituals, those rituals and the spirituality yeah. and like that connection to nature. Whereas based on my upbringing, upbringing it just felt like it was very church related, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then the last few weeks with the digging and learning, I didn't even, I didn't even heard of the word Baba Ilan, you know? <laughs> and like, now I'm like, and I'd always, again, had this, um, had this connection to the indigenous woman. And I literally made two vision boards in the last two years. And there are pictures of indigenous, indigenous tribes and, you know, women. And my daughter's like, mommy, what is this? I'm like, we're going to go to Peru. And I said, we're going to go to Peru because my, my family friend is Peruvian. Yeah. We're going to go to Peru and visit the tribes in Peru. We're going to go here. Never mentioned the Philippines. Wow. Right. And then slowly, but surely, you know, people are like, Oh, you're, you're like this strong woman because of what you've created and who you're helping. Again, never clicked. And that's why the minute I learned about the Bapailan, uh, <laughs> I was like, Just, yeah. yes, mind blown. This, it, like I said, like, I, I wish I could like share like what's going on in my head or what went on my, in my head when I learned that. And like I said, it's the first time that I feel connected and Again, I'm going to just shout out to, I, I think you, I don't know if she was interviewed, but my friend France, France, um, you have a picture of her. Last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my God. So France and I, I mean, she was also a bartender back in the day. We we're like the two mm. bartenders on <laughs> two Filipino bartenders. Everyone thought we were sisters on Saint Laurent street. Um, and so we had connected here and there. And three or four years ago, we had dinner right before I started the Lila. So three years ago, and she was dropping like pre-colonization facts mm -hmm. and you know telling me like oh why why do filipinos you know give give so much praise to like our whiteness or like the fact that we have spanish last names don't you realize that you know she started going getting into it and at the time i realized i listened but i didn't listen fully to what she was saying mm -hmm. okay. so in the last few weeks with all of this dive deep like this this digging that i've been doing she was the first person that came to mind and mm -hmm. i was like oh, awesome. i need to find her 
And then I came across your page and then I scrolled down and then I found her and I actually reconnected. I reconnected to her and we've been like, like she's amazing and like there's we so had, much you can learn from her we so had much zo- we had a zoom and she, and i was like you talked and like i just looked at her and i didn't have to say anything and she looked at me and she was like welcome she's like welcome home she's like <laughs> no but and then when she said that i was like wow like it took me all of this to get here yeah. and now i'm like i'm i want to go to the philippines i'm going to the philippines yeah. i want to go to a, live with a tribe i want to learn we're working we want to france is like let's teach people i'm like tell me what you want me to do like <laughs> i have a, i have a network what do you want me to do let's like let's there's so many other filipinos that want to learn or that need to learn like and I, if anything i want my daughter to learn this and yeah. my nephews you know i think this is really important and again we weren't given at least i wasn't given this or we weren't given this so Mm -hmm. i would love to somehow be able to offer this to the next generation or just to my generation even (laughs) because i feel like my generation needs this i totally think you're on the right path though and it's nice to hear your journey it was like wow um (laughs) on these episodes we love to highlight the importance of learning from our losses at desiree i'm curious how do you process failure what what does that mean to you at this point in your life oh god yeah good question (laughs) um how do i process failure um i mean i think that there's always a a learning lesson in everything in any in any life uh, life experience you know failure or not failure um i actually did a, I, ha- I hired a work uh, a life coach a few years ago who's okay. actually one of my best friends and we did this exercise where we were finding our why and she made me list basically pivotal moments in my life you know good and bad and then rate them and so obviously like death of my dad 10 like in terms of like you know how impact and then birth of my daughter 10 obviously positive impact uh my divorce 10 negative impact but then she was like but with every every life experience there's always a redemptive perspective there's always like a seed that's planted and so for my father's death as you know as sad as that was the redemptive the redemptive perspective that was planted with my dad was making me realize the strong sense of community in the field like and 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 i'll credit that to me realizing how much I love community and I honor community and I'm proud to say that I'm a community builder. Uh, and that's because of my Filipino roots and that's because of the Filipinos that showed up to my father's funeral. Um, so again, that was the redemptive perspective from that. That's not a failure, um, but my divorce, <clears throat> some could think, my mom might think it's a failure, but you know, it, is, it was a pivotal moment in my life that at one moment I probably thought it was a failure, but the, again, the plant that the seed that was planted was that I found myself, you know, and it was the first time that I chose me, you know, like there was a moment where it was like, do I stay to be the good girl or do I leave for myself? And I actually left for myself, you know, and again, we all mentioned this, um, or you, Terry, you mentioned it, like we struggle to choose ourselves. And so that was the probably that was probably the first time that I chose myself. Likewise. And then all of and then all of this happened. You know what I mean? Like I would have never, I would have never created Jilila had I not gone through that. I would have never discovered the Babylon or like like <laughs> I would have never been here, you know. So if you think about that, like 
I think failure, you have to fail essentially, you know, you have to try, you have to fail and life is not always supposed to be this easy ride and you just have to get back up and, and learn from whatever, whatever you go to in life. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. was a that. long answer for no, a small question. I, it's like, yeah, it was a long answer, but you answered my next two Eric, questions. Eric is writing just, again. <laughs> Eric is writing again. No, you're, 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 I'm, you keep I'm, writing. I'm, I'm like sweating every time you no, write. I'm like, what is he writing? I, are you, no, just, no, no, are no, you no, testing no, me? Am I no, getting I'm a finding, grade? I'm finding quote, quotables. That's oh the my best. God. Okay. But uh, yeah. not a lot. It's really oh, good. You answered a lot of my following questions, which was about growth and experiences that helped shape you but to go back to your story like like you I don't know if I mentioned on this uh, podcast but I am divorced and going through that process brought a lot of uh, negative thoughts in my head I thought a lot about failure but mostly shame uh, the shame I would bring to others but then I realized you know what what if I just really do what I want to do and just like stay in my lane for a bit and doing that work doing the things that I love and just consistently trying to find my authentic self just brought the right people and surrounded me with the right people and, and like you, it just brought me to things I love doing, different opportunities. And, and again, look, here we are. And, I'm, and I feel like I'm vibrating with both of you, Desiree, Eric. Love you guys. Yeah, so it's, thank you. Uh, it's, just been a, it's just been a great journey. And it's, I, I separated back in 2015. And now it's like, two, you're 20, well, 2020. 2020 yeah. I was about to say 2000. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the year we're all trying to forget. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy because my growth the last five years versus my growth versus the, the first maybe 33 years of my life. Right? It's, it's incomparable. It's <laughs> right? incomparable. Yeah. And it's just like, again, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of balance, but also just trying to make sure what you do is for you because people shouldn't think it's selfish because if you're passionate about something, you're mm-hmm. also reflecting that to the people around you and then mm. everything just rises. Yeah, but I think it's amazing that you've created the, this platform for everyone to share their stories because I, I'm a firm believer, like things just need to be repeated. Like, look, I'm, I mentioned France. She dropped this thing five years ago that I'm only connecting to now. So mm-hmm. as a mother, I, like, I know with my daughter, I have to repeat it a million times and I know that she's probably not going to click now. She's only like, she's going to come back to me in 20 years and she'll be, you know, like we all think now, yeah. remember our mothers saying, Oh, one day you'll, one day you'll remember. <laughs> so I think that we have to constantly just repeat it, repeat everything. Like, or you constantly just need to hear it. You know, like the alchemist, yeah. follow, follow, you know, like it's just signs and you grab it whenever you're, whenever you're ready to grab it essentially, you know? And because like you, I look back, I mean, I, it's 2020. I, my my tornado or my whatever you want my tsunami happened in 2015 and same year right <laughs> what is this <laughs> right we're like parallel universe uh, siblings but but again I was 30 I was 41 I was 35 36 and I was like and then again I, the world I just felt like I I, I was so much more aware yeah of myself aware of the world and then looking back I was like wow did I was I mute? Like, what, what, where was I? You know, like, yeah. what was I thinking? And I try not to be too hard on myself because mm-hmm. I'm like, all of that needed to happen for me to yeah. go through this. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, but it's just so interesting to look back. And even mm-hmm. now, like with this whole Filipino awakening now, I'm like, I thought I was awake, you know, with what I just went through. Now there's like this new learning wave in my life, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's a lot of emotion. That, that's what France was saying. And I'm so grateful for her because she was like, 
take it all in and be patient because it's, you know, as, as, as exciting as it is, it's also, there's a lot of shadow work too that will also mm -hmm. come with learning about where we come from and sure. unpacking um, certain things in our life, you know, and um, you have to be ready for that as well. Yeah, it's all part of the process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what does happiness today mean to you? Ah, oh, God. <laughs> I have my pen ready. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Now I have to come up with something. Now I have to come up with something like quotable. Jesus. No, no, no. Good, um, what is happiness? I mean, you know, before I'd be like, oh, happy, be happy. But now I'm like, happy just feels too stressful, you know, because hmm. I don't think I have to be happy. I like to think like, I always versus instead of saying happy, I'm like, what am I grateful for? Because I could be sad, but still grateful or mad, but still grateful. Um, I don't want to put too much pressure to be happy all the time because maybe I'm not happy. Right. Mm. And then am I about being a bad person by not being happy? Um, but to answer your question, <laughs> you, what does happiness mean? It, I guess it just means to, to, to be at, peace with myself i don't know oh, it's yes. it's it's just to again be be grounded in myself and i think a part of the confusion as being filipina and filipino is that there's like it's very much here you know mm -hmm. and to be happy for me now at 41 a mother you know lived several live lives in the last four decades plus one it's just about being grounded you know, mm -hmm. and that could be happy, that could be sad, that could be a slur of emotions on my emoji chart that my best <laughs> friend gave me, but it's just to be grounded, if anything. That's like my, the same answer I have. It's peace of mind, just living yeah. an authentic life, you know, just being genuine to what you want to do and what you want mm, to pursue. That's quotable. <laughs> <laughs> I've had like maybe 30 episodes of practice, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's very quotable. That's very quotable. Um, now coming towards... Uh, Filipino Heritage Month at Desiree. What does what does it mean to you? Philippine Heritage Month. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I feel. I mean, I'm very proud to be Filipino. I again, I'm not very active in the Filipino community, um, so I feel a bit like a an imposter. I'm like, you know, I, I've been learning a lot about the Filipino culture, and with again, my my best friends who are all Filipino, but they also feel the same way. And you know, we had all these ideas, and we're like, let's create these. You know, just like the, the for, 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 for Jewish people, they have a, a birthright trip. So all, all of them get to <laughs> go back. True. All of them get to go back to the Philippines. So I was like, oh my God, if money wasn't an issue, I would love for us to like send, like for all of us to be able to go back to the Philippines, but not to do the Spanish side, to learn like the, 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 the indigenous side, you know? Mm -hmm. but, then, but then I'm like, we would get really excited and then we'd pull back and we're like, but who the hell are we to create something Filipino when we're not in the Filipino community? They don't even speak the language. We're not even involved. We're not active. So then we stop. So what does Philippine Heritage Month mean to me? Like, truthfully, I, now it feels amazing. And I'm so grateful that you invited me to be on this podcast because I'd love to get more involved. Uh, so right now it feels really great. And I'm happy to be the the person on June 30th being interviewed <laughs> for, for Philippine Heritage Month. Um, but I guess what it means to me now is that 
I'm grateful I made it this month and I'm, I'm here <laughs> Thank and you. I want to learn you. more. I want to learn more and I want to get more involved. But before that, like I said, I, I, I feel shame. Like see automatic thoughts is shame because I didn't necessarily think about it before, you know, mm, or I wasn't okay. that involved. And my, when my mother would say, come to, come to the picnic at Ken Park, I'm like, bah, no, I don't feel like yeah. going. Um, yeah, yeah. I was the same. So <laughs> Thank you for saying that, right? There's guilt because I... No, it was the same, totally. So yeah. I was trying to own up to it because it's part also of me trying to figure out when or why I didn't want to learn before. But uh, I think it's, you know, little steps why, for why everybody. Why didn't you want to learn before? Did we... Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, I guess for me, it was because uh, I lived in super far in, in Delson, in the South Shore. I guess one was transport. And also, I, I guess I was kind of comfortable in my own bubble being away from the community. Mm. But then as, as I kind of grew older, I started... It was really strange. I guess in my teens, I started getting jealous of my cousins who having Filipino friends, and that's where it kind of started. Okay, I needed this feeling of inclusion. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, again, it happens at different stages for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think I I, I I completely relate to that, and I'm only feeling it now, where I'm like, okay, with again everything that's been going on in the last few months, I'm like, okay, who am I? Like, I'm really starting to ask. My, I was asking myself that after the divorce, but that was more like expressing my feelings. Mm -hmm. But then now I feel like I'm at this stage in my life where I'm like, who am I? Like, where are my roots? You know, mm -hmm. um, where are like my 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 like the ground, like the root, the root of where I come from. So that's where I'm at right now on this journey, and I'm I'm excited to to learn more. You know. Yeah, well, everything seems authentic from what you're projecting, so you're on the right path, mm, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, my last question, Eric, uh, before I go to this, is there anything you'd like to ask her regarding Filipino heritage? I mean, I just want to say, you know, especially having done all these podcasts and then speaking with, with you, Desiree, tonight about, you know, what it is to be Filipino. And, and that's been the question the whole time, right? What is it mm. to be Filipino, Filipino Machian? You know, like I... I was just thinking about it now and, and I think like you made me think about it it's, it's almost because like, <laughs> being Filipino is exactly who you are and is exactly who I am and is exactly what Terry is like it's all our experiences until now with people who aren't Filipino and with people who are because we're all on this journey to figure it out and like that's being Filipino I don't know it's just mm -hmm. more like I'm just kind of spewing right now <laughs> yeah it, but, but I but, think but I think that's that's I think that's fair right because like I said if you think of our history it's yeah. not like a solid history where like like we can go back to the Philippines but like again is like some mm -hmm. of us are we're, we're so mixed also we're yeah. so mixed yes. so where do you go? Like I said, in the perfect example, you know, as I was thinking of prepping in my mind, mm -hmm. I was just going back and you made me kind of go back to a certain point in my life. And I thought of that Pisa Sanaya and here in the South Shore, where I did a Spanish dance, a native dance. Right. I've always wanted to learn Hawaiian dancing. But like I said, I've been to Spain, didn't feel like I fit in there. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've never been to Hawaii, but I'm not Hawaiian. Like right. I'm I, I, I'm honored whenever somebody says, oh, you kind of look Hawaiian, but I'm not like, I'm not Hawaiian. So I'm like, where do I fit in? Yeah. You know, where yeah. do I fit in? Where are my roots? I don't speak Filipino. I went, I went to the Philippines once, didn't feel like I fit in there. Don't feel like I fit in in Montreal with the, with, you know, um, certain Filipino groups because mm -hmm. I don't speak the language or it's based on where you're from. So again, mm -hmm. I'm confused. I'm a confused <laughs> Filipina. <you know? laughs> 
trying to figure out or learning. I'm in the process of learning. Welcome to the Let's discover. Let's discover together. You see, exactly. maybe yeah. the, maybe this is the you know, and I think it's it's wonderful what you're doing because it's you. refreshing. As I was listening to um, the podcast a few nights ago, I was like, wow, it's so mm -hmm. nice. Like that, other people feel the same way. You know, and yeah. I was even talking to Matt not long ago, and we were we were like, yeah, we need to need to dive deeper you know we need to really <laughs> figure out where we come from you know and then yeah. and then i feel like it's not erasing or being shameful of where we come from but it's just kind of starting the conversation from there and yes. then you know going back there and we're like all right now i get it now what or like let's just learn and and learn and, mm -hmm. and feel grounded hopefully yeah definitely. so with that said what do you think is an aspect of filipino culture that's important to share to future generations Oh boy, based on where I'm at right now in this like awakening, uh, again, indigenous man, we are we are strong. We are strong based on the little like five percent that I know. It's like what France has been sharing. You could tell she's just like, I'm not gonna give you too much, but like here's a book, here's a list of thirty books that you need to read, and I like bought five. I like started with five, but like just hearing the power of like our indigenous roots for me has been like such an aha moment so I would really encourage anyone listening right now like just google pre-colonial Philippines like Babaylan there's even a you know that there's a conference there's like four years in a row and it's called the Babaylan conference and then they basically invite they invite uh, I'll send you all of this that I, please, I've been please. watching and I even yeah. watched I watched it with my mom and, and it's a tita this this older woman France actually knows all these people and um, and they basically talk about like learning the indigenous roots and that connection to nature and the connection to our ancestors and that it's all inside of us but we all experience awakening or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it at different moments and that could be through listening to music or listening you know, to a chant or, or just being in nature, nature, mm -hmm. like, think about it. Like never, like my parents, they were never in nature. Like, and it's, so, <laughs> it's just so, it's so, so weird. It's so yeah. weird. But that whole side of nature and try like indigenous, I connect to, I've always, I've always connected to that, you know? So it's just, mm -hmm. um, again, discovering. So I'm happy to share all of that information. So to answer your question is just dive deep. You know, dive deep because we are so, so rooted with so much culture and strength and, and spirit, if anything. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing that, Desiree. You're welcome. So now we're going to move over to our final segment. Uh, Call. <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> so it's the past yeah, so call. I, I remember, I was like, oh no. And I was like, I think I have all of them. <laughs> Throw in a curveball if you want. Eric, uh, when you're ready, let me know. So <laughs> well, 60 do seconds. Hear, do you hear this first, uh, Desiree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. All okay. right. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Celebrity crush. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Um, <laughs> um, 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 Jessica Alba. First Tagalog nice. word that comes to mind. Basura. Go-to go karaoke song. Go-to karaoke song. <laughs> Oh man, um, 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 I'm not ready for this. Um, I don't know anything. Whitney Houston. <laughs> Favorite spot in Montreal? Oh, so many. The mountain. 
Nice. Good. Name a Filipino dish that starts with the first letter of your first name. Ooh. 30 seconds. Uh, Dinoguan. Oh, oh nice. wow. That's good. When, when I say greatest of all time, who or what do you think about? Greatest of all time. I mean, Michael Jordan, I just watched The Last Dance. Nice. Langonista <laughs> or Tocino? Langonista. Nice. Favorite old school jam? Oh, uh, Just the Way Love Goes, Janet Jackson. Lately, Jodeci. Ooh. What's on your Netflix right now? Uh, I just watched Self Made. And spell your last name backwards. Z I U R. Nice. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Eric is so happy because he hates it when people say Tocino over Langonista. So oh, really? he, has such a, yes. he has such a big smile on his. I, I know you raise your hand. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. Everybody's always like Tocino. I'm like, damn it, man. Like, <laughs> I was listening. So cool. I was listening, and I was like, oh my god, it's so fun, so fun. But I wasn't ready for the celebrity. I was like, ooh. Well, when you said you listen, I'm like, oh god, I need to switch it up a bit. Let me. Yeah, well, I mean, that wasn't a question, okay? And I saw him. First... I saw him too. Look real quick at the question. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Desiree, thanks again so much for your time and for joining uh, us. Thank you. Thank your you for having. Thank you for having me. Um, before closing out, is there any shout outs you'd like to give? Oh, well, I mean, I just want to shout out to you guys. I think this is amazing what you've created. Just being here and being able to talk about this, you know, I I really appreciate it, like truthfully and honestly. And I, you know, I, I share my story and I talk often, but there's something special about sharing it with other Filipinos or there's something very special right now about sharing with other Filipinos. And when I was listening to your podcast, I was listening to Anna and to Matt and to nice. Jericho and mm -hmm. I, listened to? I listened to a bit of Jojo's and it was like, wow, it just really made me feel connected. So thank you for creating this because You're like welcome. I said, my platform is like, it's like this diverse beauty of conversation um, and which is a learning experience, but this is, there's something special about doing it with other Filipinos. So Thank I, you. I feel very Thank connected. You. Thank you. It's uh, I love that you mentioned that because Anna even said it's, it's funny because we hear about maybe from the list of names, the Filipinos we featured, you know, of some, but then you don't really know their story, but then you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to connect with them. Like, Oh my God, they went through a similar experience that I did and you mm -hmm. never know. Well, you know, I mean, side note, I, I had, um, I, attended this conversation again with Asians. I was the only Filipina. There was mainly, um, Jap there was a majority were half Japanese or full Japanese. And there was a few women from Hong Kong or Chinese background. And I was the only Filipina, like I said, and we all had similarities in terms of our, our upbringing. But I felt like, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm at this point in time where I want to connect with other Filipinos. And that's why, again, I was so honored to receive the invite from you and so excited that I connected with friends again through your platform um, and like Matt and I were like we need to we need to get together so I think there's a beauty great in to hear. uniting awesome. to do it to do something thank, thank <laughs> you for your kind words Desiree and on that note from Filipinos of Montreal we out